welcome to the Millennial Falcon, a pop culture podcast by three geeky millennials. I am Anya Crittenton, a writer at Gay Star News, and this week I am joined by only one of my co-hosts. I'm Hai Chen Bui, a writer for Slash Film and a pop culture journalist in D.C. Unfortunately, Willoughby is not with us today because he's busy moving into his apartment with his girlfriend today. Pretty good excuse, I think. Yeah, I think so. It's kind of exciting. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it was Willoughby's way of kicking off the new year, and our way of kicking off the new year will be to list off, I don't want to say list off, to name our New Year's resolutions uh, that have to do with pop culture. So we're not going to be doing just a list of the TV shows and movies we'll, we'll watch, um, but also what our goals or missions are for how we consume pop culture this year and maybe how it's changed recently because Anya used to be um, in a, a entertainment field position and um, now I'm currently in a position that puts me right in the center of like the swirl of movies and TV shows and media. And that's definitely affected how I've consumed my movies and television and pop culture. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. But um, first, Anya, I wanted to ask you how that transition has been between going from the tracking board and then going on to Gay Star News, where you cover a lot less uh, pop culture and movies now. Yeah, I mean, it's nice that I still do get to cover entertainment. Um, of course, it's like a narrowed field of entertainment. Um, but yeah, I'm covering a lot more just like life stories and a lot of politics, which feels both important and exhausting all at the same time. Um, but it's definitely different because I feel like I'm, you know, I'm surrounded by entertainment less on like a 24 hour cycle where I used to go into work and all we would discuss is entertainment and I would write about entertainment. I would go home and watch entertainment and go back and discuss the new entertainment the next day. And so now that's less my life. Um, obviously entertainment's still very important to me. And, but I found that there's less pressure almost to consume it. And so it's almost a weird thing of getting complacent and not watching as much as I used to versus trying to keep up with everyone versus trying to watch what I want to watch. So it's almost been a weird bit of a struggle um, in terms of how I watch it and kind of staying within the community of entertainment. Yeah, it's kind of like what happened with our year-end um, list, like the top 10 movies that we we're talking about, and how you hadn't caught up with any of the contenders for the Oscars or the Golden Globes, which coincident coincidentally is happening today, because you've just been watching a lot of Dan Stevens movies. But it's just what you want to watch, which is a good way to uh, consume pop culture as well. Yeah, I kind of had the thought that it happened a lot with all the top 10 movies of 2017, which I am catching up on. Um, I've seen a couple more from 2017 this past week. Um, but then I, it kind of got me thinking of, like, I felt all this pressure and this stress to kind of, like, see as many as I could so I could get out a list. And I kind of made it made me sit back and wonder, like, who am I watching these movies for? Like, am I watching these movies just so I can make a list so I can join the throngs of people putting lists out on the internet? Which is fun. I like having the conversations with people, but then it comes down to, like, aren't you watching movies for you? Like, don't you want to watch them just because you love them? Like, does it matter if you're you know, up to date as everyone else. Um, and, you know, as much as I want to stay in the zeitgeist so I can talk about people and the relevance that they have to today, at the same time, you know, it's just my life. And I also want to watch the things that make me happy and that matter to me, even if they're not kind of up for an Oscar or, you know, um, 
This past week, I watched The Invisible Woman, which is a movie directed by Ray Fiennes um, and also starring Ray Fiennes, and I loved it. It was incredible. He's one of my favorite actors of all time. I think he is the top notch of talent in the world, and I had been meaning to get around to it for ages and just never had, and finally just sat down and watched it, and I loved it, and it made my heart just do all these flip-flops, and I was like, this felt really good. I watched it for me. And so I'm trying to like balance kind of keeping up with everything, but also, you know, doing it for me. Mm-hmm. How do you, are you able to do anything for yourself anymore? Do you feel, or is it all just like this responsibility of trying to keep up with everything because you work in it? So I've not yet gotten burned out about of watching movies for my job. As of yet, I've only been doing it for, Uh, About nine months now, I guess, which is almost a year. So very exciting. I've been really enjoying it. I've been enjoying being part of like the discourse and being sort of an authoritative voice in that regard. But I do sometimes, uh, it does sometimes sometimes feel like a chore. Like I have to watch this movie or this TV show to be part of this conversation, especially on Twitter, which is kind of this big rabbit hole of conversations and and arguments. Um, And sometimes it does get a little bit tiring. But for me. Um, movies have not reached that point yet. I think it's I've because I've thrown most of my focus on watching movies that are both beneficial for my job, but also that I enjoy. I've been able to strike that balance, but I've really dropped off on a lot of the TV shows I've been watching, except for like I think one or two TV shows that um, I keep up with on a week-to-week basis, like The Good Place um, or Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And as you can tell, they're kind of more the lighthearted comedies of TV shows and stuff. I have a lot of trouble just keeping up with the pantheon of TV, of peak TV that's going on right now. And I found that when I'm not watching movies for work or watching movies just to catch up on movies, I'm not watching television, but I'm just kind of watching some k-pop videos or uh watching something that really helps me relax and get away from the conversation like the pop culture conversation so i i talked a little bit about terrace house um on the 100th episode and a, a couple episodes before that but that's one series for me that has been really enjoyable just because it's not really part of a lot of conversations. It's just incredibly calming and it's something fun that I can discuss with like a very small select group of people who aren't really part of that larger pop culture discourse. Um, although even when I tweeted about it, there are a lot of people who are like, yeah, I love that show, but it's not like an important show you would say. Yeah. And Do yeah. you feel that Twitter has kind of changed this, like the discourse and kind of like, people almost like watch movie and they feel like they have to put their opinion out there. They can't just like watch Mm. it and talk about it in their own life or just kind of like watch it and just enjoy it. But now they're like, they have to tweet about it or they have to comment on it in some way. I have felt that like there's this sort of, um, it's become like a weird boiling point, I guess you'd say for like pop culture conversation. Um, I felt that way too, where I've been like, I saw a movie and I want to just kind of let it rest, let it sort of simmer with me. But then I also feel like, oh, I should probably tweet about it and get my con- my opinion out there so people can have a discussion with me. But at the same time, it feels almost like an obligation. Um, a lot of yeah. the times I'll just like let stay, keep, like if I watch TV shows, for example, I don't really talk about it with people. Just like, unless I really am excited and want to talk with more people about it. But generally like, 
if it's not movies, I will just kind of keep it to myself. Yeah, because I almost kind of wonder, like, obviously, discourse is good and having conversations is it's important and it's informative and you can kind of, like, get new point of views and help realize, you know, how media is relevant to society and all that. Like, there's nothing wrong with conversation. Should keep having it. I just kind of wonder if there isn't also some sort of, if you don't want to talk about it, you don't have to. Or, like, it's slightly performative, I think. Yeah. All the discussion that happens on Twitter, it's kind of like everyone is trying to outjoke the other or everyone is trying to outsmart everyone else. So it feels a little bit like the actual movie conversation. The best kinds don't actually take place on Twitter. Yeah, they happen, I feel like, between friends, like over lunch or something or just catching up on stuff. And like, I almost kind of wonder if can you still read a book or watch a movie? And if you don't discuss it with anyone, can you still enjoy it? Can you still get something out of it? Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's sort of what I lost sight of. And that, like, if I watch a movie and I don't post about it online, um, or I only talk to a couple people about it, did I still get something out of the movie itself? Mm-hmm. And I feel like you absolutely can. And you should be able to. And I feel like I sort of lost sight of that with, like, the pressure of Twitter and the internet. And I want to, like, one of my, like, broader resolutions is to just, like, consume media for me again. Yeah. And talk about it if I want to or if it comes up and stuff. But, like, I don't want to watch something with this pressure hanging over me that, like, you have to have a discourse on it. You can't just watch it because you think that you will personally get something out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree with you to an extent, although I don't know if I can quite take that leap because... <laughs> it's different when you, it's your job. Yeah, exactly. Do you Do you miss... Do you ever miss kind of watching it just for you or do you kind of want to try and find a balance at all if i watch something just for me then i probably won't tweet about it if that makes sense if it's something that's just for me it'll be something that's outside of whatever is being discussed or whatever is in the pop culture zeitgeist at the moment so often i turn to things like terrace house which is a japanese reality show or Korean dramas or Korean reality shows. And it's something that I could tweet about if I wanted to, but for the most part, I can just enjoy on my lonesome. Yesterday, I spent a whole day reading um, The Pillars of the Earth, and it was a really great time. I didn't tweet once. So it's, I think like that's, I have to pick and choose where I do it, Mm -hmm. but I don't feel like a pressure to tweet every aspect of my life. Sometimes if there's a particularly good joke that I hear or like a situational joke, then I can tweet about it. But I think for now... I've got an okay sort of balance. I know, like, I actually am a little bit less talkative on social media on Twitter than a lot of people in my field, which is Mm -hmm. weird to say. Like, I don't tweet actually that much. I've been able to keep it at kind of an arm's distance, but um, I do kind of want to almost maintain a greater Twitter presence to uh, get some sort of following or make some sort of, like, a image for myself on Twitter. That sounds like a very shallow thing, but because I, I, I don't see Twitter as like an extension of my own thoughts per se, but like it's a way to invite people to have discussions with me. And if I want to have that discussion, I can, but then, and if I want to, I'm basically, I'm saying I have, I feel like I have a good separation now and I don't mind developing and um, creating like this own persona on Twitter that I can have. Yeah, and I think, well, I think also Twitter has become such a critical part of journalism, Mm -hmm. 
and as part of a journalist's career, it's something that I'm still trying to kind of, like, find where my place is on Twitter and, like, as a journalist and as a writer and trying to, like, carve out a space for myself um, because it's difficult. Mm -hmm. And I think there are a lot of benefits to Twitter and it's almost impossible not to kind of have one and be part of a discourse when you're in fields like ours at this point. But I think, as with everything in life, to get deep and philosophical here, there is a balance, Yeah, I think, that should be struck, you know, for one's own mental health and well-being And I also kind of wonder if there's this, like, there's always been a stigma in society. We're just going to get real deep here (laughs) and talking about media and how it relates to larger life themes. But there's always been, like, a stigma of, like, doing things on your own versus with other people, like going to dinner alone or going to a movie alone. And sometimes it feels like that with Twitter and discourse on media and, like, if you can just do things on your own just for you and... You know, I kind of just wonder about that and finding that balance, like I've said. Um, And so, yeah, so I feel like my big resolution is to just, like, reconcile these, like, warring pressures and with media and media consumption. Mm -hmm. No, yeah, I think that's a big, that's a good goal to have because Twitter and media and social media in general can kind of consume you. And it's important to have that distance in a sense to just like be able to carve out your own life separate from Twitter and your journalism persona and everything like that. Sometimes I find it difficult too, but it's, it's something I think that we can have as a New Year's resolution is just to separate, like, you know, take a break from the discourse every now and then. That doesn't mean you have to go outside. I know probably some of you maybe don't enjoy going outside in the dead of winter. <laughs> um, but, you know, see some, watch something silly, like rewatch a bad movie that you love. Um, we watch a rom-com, watch a, an obscure Japanese anime, and just, you know, get into your own little zone. I think I've been thinking about uh, taking up The Sims again, because I used to be obsessed with that. And it's sort of this mindless activity that you can really get into the zone with and not have to, you know, be um, privy to other people's discussions or thoughts or expectations. You know what I mean? I do. Mm-hmm. I absolutely do. And I also think sometimes it's worth, like, watching something serious and contemplative and sitting with your own thoughts before, like immediately having a discourse so I think kind of like forming your own thoughts about something is equally important and giving yourself the skills to create your own opinions yes. um and I feel like that can be really hard too because there are so many opinions on Twitter and articles and think pieces and I think there should still be a place for kind of independent thought yeah develop and your own media literacy that's another new year's resolution i have too actually because i know being in twitter like you're saying and being subject to all these opinions i tend to like start to doubt myself i'm like oh did i have the right opinion about this maybe yes. i was wrong maybe i should rethink this and it often becomes this weird vicious cycle of like doubting myself and taking on other people's opinion and then getting another side of the argument and being like okay maybe this is not the complete story and while that's a good way of making you contemplate a piece of art um and you know criticize it and cri- deeply think about and critique something more i think like the backlash around three billboards is a really good example of this um um i think that you should be able to form your own thoughts as well um either through like your own 
washing things on your own and not really sharing it or discussing with others, but letting it just sit and stew, or maybe taking classes, taking, um, reading some film books or something like that. So I, I definitely yeah, want to do I, that as well. I totally agree. Like listening to different points of view is really important, especially when it comes to like women's point of view or like queer people's point of view on something like Call Me By Your Name or something like that. It's always important to kind of get those different opinions, especially if, you know, it's not kind of your story or whatever. Um, but at the same time, like you said, there's a lot of self-doubt. And I think that it's kind of a crippling thing on Twitter and you like doubt your own intelligence and whether or not you're right. And I think that can be really dangerous Mm -hmm. just in terms of it starts to limit what people can like forming their own opinions and understanding something. Yeah, exactly. I think that um, we can all become better media critics and media consumers just by sitting with our own thoughts for a little bit before share diving into that sort of discussion and discourse. And it yeah. would, it would definitely uh, stop a lot, stop a lot of the fan wars and flame wars that happen on Twitter, I think. Yes, I think, and people talked about this, you know, relentlessly with social media and kind of the pros and cons of social media. And I am a proponent of social media. I think it's, Mostly a thing that can be used for good and can create good things. I mean, social media is what got us to start doing this podcast and become exactly. better friends. So there are so many good proponents of it. Yeah, but I think, you know, the the cons of it are very real. And again, it's just about finding that balance and kind of being aware. And yeah, I think trusting yourself and trusting your own thoughts Yeah, is a good place to start. We're getting real deep here. I love so, it. So TLDR strike a balance <laughs> yes become a and good the media balance consumer. the force yes exactly <laughs> so <laughs> do you guys do you have anything else you want to add about just like media consumption how you how it has shifted in the past year and how you maybe want to change it in this in this year no i think um i've kind of said all i want on that front mm-hmm. just doing things for me finding that balance yeah, yeah what about you yeah for me i i definitely feel like I do well when I have something that I'm one thing that I'm really passionate about. And it changes every couple months. I remember last year, like at one point it was Big Bang for a long period of time. And it it's was. something that doesn't distract from the other things I'm interested in, but it's something that provides me a sort of escape from all the other sort of pop culture, media, movie things that I'm dealing with in my life. So I always do well when I have one thing that I'm super passionate about and have like can dedicate a lot of time to. I think at this moment, I'm actually searching for something new. After listening to the the Hamilton soundtrack a little bit too many times, I'm a little bit tired of it and I'm trying to find (gasps) something. No such thing. (laughs) No. Oh, I I listened to it like twice yesterday. So I think that was probably the problem. (laughs) Should um, one of the men's figure skaters, Jason Brown, Mm -hmm. did not make the Olympic team, but for the Olympic trials that happened this past week, he skated to the room where it happens. Oh. And it's a fantastic performance. You should watch it. It's really good. Check it out. Yeah, for me, it's like, this is not my personal uh, way of, I guess, coping, especially in the winter seasons when seasonal affective disorder can really uh, become a, not a problem, but an issue. Uh, For me, it's just finding something I'm passionate about and having that be an escape from the daily grind of uh, movie journalism, of the discourse, of pop culture. Um, And even if it's something in pop culture, it's something that like, 
don't know, feels special to me. So Yeah, I completely agree. So are there any specific things that you want to check out this year that kind of specific titles that you want to include in your resolution to try and find that new thing for you? Well, I have a long list of TV shows that I've been meaning to get to. And I know that you guys have been harping on me to get on Legends tomorrow at some point. So fun. So it's TV kind of, you know, you said that you've been focusing more on movies. Yeah. Um, especially for work and everything. So is kind of getting into more TV shows a resolution for you? Is that something that you want to do? I guess. I think I would probably try to watch more TV shows, but I don't know if I will dedicate as much time as I used to to them. Because in in a sense, they almost become like distractions. Um, if, if I'm not like particularly invested in them and if they don't really add anything to my own sort of well-being or mindfulness, then I just kind of feel like it's a chore. Um, I I have kind of dropped... I I want to get back into Riverdale. I'm like really behind on that, but I've dropped <laughs> I've dropped Agents of Shield at this I think at this point because I keep watching it. I'm just like not really paying attention, and I don't have any investment in it anymore. So I'm trying to find shows that like will be fun for me and will always be a something that uplifts my spirit. Good Place is a really great example of that. So good. Yes, it's so good. So I'm trying to watch more shows like that. I did watch Marvelous Mrs. Maisel recently, recently and I love that. And, um, yeah, more shows that will strike a, a certain spot for me of, like, escapism, but also something that's, like, nurturing. Um, and at the same time, I do feel like I have to get into shows that are very intelligent, like The Wire, like, uh, foundational shows, like The Wire, The Sopranos, and everything like that. I don't think I would mind getting into it if I had, like, a weekend or two. Or Twin Peaks, which I've not been able to get to at that at all either. Yeah, but I again, definitely... there's always that pressure of like the shows that like everyone's talking about, or exactly. the big ones. And you feel like you have a pressure to mm-hmm. watch it so you can see what the big deal is. Yeah, the big ones at least like those. Their time has has gone and passed, so I can just watch it whenever. Um, I think I probably will watch fewer shows that are currently airing. Like I might okay. just watch, pick and choose a couple of them that I like, and just. Like, even Flash and Supergirl, I'm becoming less sort of inclined to watch them as much anymore, which is sad to me because I had so much joy watching them. Yeah, I know what you mean. That's mm -hmm. what Legends is for me now. It's, like, the one that I actually look forward to. Yeah, exactly. And I'm excited to watch. Yeah, You need to watch it. um, Yeah, those are, like, the shows. I I do know I want to see The Leftovers because I know it's a show that's, like, I feel like it's for me. I definitely will love it because it's got – it's Damon Lindelof, I think, or Carlton, Carlton Cuse. It's Damon. Damon, Damon Lindelof, Lindelof, who um, was a showrunner of Lost, and I absolutely adored it. And I know a lot of people who watch it, including Willoughby, said it's it does what Lost promised to do, essentially. So it's made it made a lot of like year end lists for 2017. Mm-hmm. So yeah, at this point, I'm happy to watch shows that people were really interested in last year and were part of a huge like pop culture discussion, but I don't feel a, a pressure to get them in time for top 10 list because I'm not a TV critic, so I can just watch them as I please. And I think for me, like Twin Peaks and Leftovers are huge ones, but I can just like, I'm just going to watch them at my own pace, which I think is, is what uh, my resolution is. I think that's a really great resolution. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any other media things, movies or books that you want to, Definitely try and read more books. So I've been trying to read 
I've read a lot more books last year than I did the year before, so that was something I'm super proud of. Right now, I'm reading The Pillars of the Earth by Ken Follett. Like I was just saying, it's really mm-hmm. dense. Um, I've read it before. I like it. You should yeah. watch the series afterwards, There's too. The miniseries series? is good, too. Ooh. Oh, it has it has baby Haley Atwell, baby Eddie Redmayne, um, Matthew McFadden. It what? has Ian McShane. It has everyone. Okay, I'm going to put that on my resolution, then. And it's just a miniseries, so it's, mm-hmm. like, not anything big but i watched it and read the book and enjoyed both thoroughly yeah i'm enjoying the book a lot so far so for me my resolution is definitely read more uh nonfiction books because i've not been able to get past that uh last year i read a lot of memoirs but and like comedy (laughs) memoirs but that doesn't really count as nonfiction. something that is educational to me and helps me become a better uh, media consumer in general um last year i will say i was very proud that the majority of the books I read were written by POC or women writers. So I'm going to try to have that same sort of streak this year, support more uh, minority female authors. Um, I want to I wanna give a shout out to that. I think one of my general resolutions with media consumption is like, not exclusively, but I want to try and seek out more like women creators, more LGBTQ creators, mm-hmm. um, and kind of seek out their voices and support them more. So completely agree with that yeah definitely so do you have any uh titles or or uh, movies or specific yeah i do mm-hmm. i've mentioned this before on the podcast but i've always gravitated more towards movies and books over mm-hmm. tv shows i mm-hmm. love tv i watch it probably too much um but i've always kind of grabbed my favorite stories tend to be books and movies and so i want to read more of that i It's not a big rule, a hard and fast rule, but I do set challenges for myself, like on Goodreads. uh, Last year, I had a challenge to read 25 new books, and I met that, and this year, I've upped it to 30. Mm. Um, Every year, I try and do 100 new movies, um, like brand new that I've never seen before. I have yet to meet it, because I will (laughs) rewatch things all the time. All the Dan Stevens movies. All the Dan Stevens. (laughs) Um, So last year, I think I watched 86 brand new movies. Um, and this year I'm going to try and aim for a hundred again. We'll see if it happens. <laughs> um, but again, those aren't like things to make me feel bad if I don't meet them. They're just kind of things to help kind of motivate me. Um, and so I'm going to want to refocus on movies and books as per usual. Um, I've actually started doing a couple like little book clubs with friends oh. where we read. So my friend Joe and I right now, we're currently reading Hard Choices by Hillary Clinton together. And we've like set dates of like, read up to this page by this date and then we like get together and chat about it and that's been a really fun way um I started doing that last year with some friends and I'm going to continue it this year and that's been a really fun way to you know read more and read together and our own little personal book club and so I already have plans to do that with other books this year with people so I'm kind of like mapping out my book club year which is really fun, and I want to stick to that. I don't want to, like, let that fall by the wayside. That sounds really lovely. Because it's been really fun. Yeah, it's been great. And one of the things, I have a lot of books I want to read. Mm-hmm. So many. I got so many for Christmas. Got the new Philip Pullman book, which I need to read. You should read it. It's a good I know. Oh, I'm so excited. Um, but one of the things I really want to do this year is I want to find a new fantasy series. Mm. You know, like Philip Pullman or Harry Potter, or I read a lot of... Um, Tamara Pierce, and she has new books coming out, so I want to read those. But I also, I want to try and find a new world mm-hmm. of a book series that I've never read before that, you know, comes recommended. If anyone has any recommendations, 
Shout out to me. I want them. But I want to dive into a whole new world that I've never known before and try and find more out there. Because I feel like there's so much that I've just never heard of and never even considered to read. And so one of my resolutions is, yeah, to find a new fantasy series that I can get into, fall in love with, preferably with some diversity and progressive themes. I feel like a lot of the fantasy series that are really acclaimed are of the YA variety, which is something, like, it's often they're well-written, but sometimes they're, they kind of have a more, like, juvenile structure, and they're not yeah. really written for people other than that demographic. Um, which is unfortunate because, like, they have they deal with a lot of really heady concepts that would be interesting if it were reaching a wider demographic. I feel like I feel like a lot of publishers and authors don't see fantasy as a viable sort of genre for adults, which is really sad because look at the success of Game of Thrones, for example. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So I want to do that, um, and like we mentioned, more female and LGBTQ and people of color, more of their voices. Um, I want to continue my journey with animation mm-hmm. and watch more, a lot more indie animation. I think kind of that don't come from the major studios and see what else is out there um, in the world of animation. I think. Are you gonna keep going with your spiritual journey with horror? I am. I'm continuing that as well, of course. I can't forget that. My final girl. Were you? Um, are you still doing that series with Flash Film? Yes, I am. I just okay. kind of have. It's kind of fell by the wayside during the holidays, but I'm going to pick it up again soon. My next movie will be uh, Night of the Living Dead, which I already watched, but I'm going to watch again to rewrite the rewrite the column. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's great. I'm excited. You should. I want to. I'm excited to read your columns because I think, as we discussed, I think you know I want to branch out into horror a little bit more this year. You know, at least dip my toes in. Mm-hmm. We'll see, as I've been doing. Um, I mean, Evil Dead became a huge thing for me last year, so I highly recommend that HD for your column. I feel like I would like it. I feel like it has just it, the right amount of camp that would be really fun for me. It's so campy and so great. And, like, I mean, some of the, like, treatment of female characters is not as great as it could be. Um, it does get better as it goes, and Sam Raimi's talked about it, but it's really fun. Mm-hmm. So... I think that as well I'll continue with. Um, And even though I said earlier that I don't, TV is not my big thing. There are TV shows I want to watch. Black Mirror is really high for me. I've heard nothing but great things. Yeah, I'm making Um, my way through Black Mirror as well. (laughs) Yeah, I've never watched it, but I've heard everyone rave about it. So I know I need to get on that train. Um, And going back to, like, doing things for me, there are a lot of TV shows that, like, maybe they're not huge you know, Golden Globe nominees or anything, but, like, there are a lot of, like, period shows, like, uh, Black Sails and The White Queen and The White Princess that are very up my alley, Mm -hmm. and even if they're not, like, super in the zeitgeist, I feel like I would personally enjoy, and so I want to kind of finally get to those and get to what I know is going to make me happy. I think those are great resolutions, Anya. There's so many. I, it's always so intimidating to start the year. You have all these hopes. You know, it's a, it's a, it feels refreshing. You just like start the slate clean. You know. Yeah. Which yeah, I and I think there's there's something a little cliche about like resolutions and stuff, but I think there's also something exciting if you, you know, kind of tailor it for yourself. And there's always ways to like improve. Exactly. And 
do more things that you want to do. Yeah, I'm always trying to improve as a writer. So that always means uh, consuming more movies and TV and pop culture that I would never do before, but also things that would make me um, like a better writer and a better, better critic in general and just like but also things that i enjoy as well so i have one kind of final quick question for you about resolutions do you have any resolutions for you as a journalist anything that you want to try and achieve this year um i want to try freelancing more i i've been trying to do that for the past well not trying i've been kind of pondering it and i've created like this whole list of contacts but i've not actually gone out and and made that first step because it's very daunting for me it is. And um, I definitely want to involve myself more in the community in general because I feel kind of separate out here in Washington, D.C., where there isn't a big film community. And um, so I'm trying to involve myself more, uh, become a more prominent voice, I guess you would say. So it's not, it's, it sounds like very ego driven, but it's not. It's just like I want to improve myself myself first and then hopefully that will translate to becoming a better critic and more renowned, more well-known critic in general i want to actually start doing uh, movie reviews more so i've only done like okay. one spoiler review um i want to go to a film festival at some point um that would be really fun i want to go to comic-con so these are like these are goals there's these are like uh achievable goals i think which is good yes. like next steps, absolutely hopefully Mm-hmm. Completely agreed. What about you, Anya? Finish my master's. Yes. Which does have to do with my career since it's in journalism, but um, I only have two semesters left, so the spring semester and then fall semester. So by Christmas time next year, I will, if all goes well, have completed my master's degree. Yay! And will have a master's. Um, so that's a really big one for me. It's kind of one that I don't want to lose sight of, you know, and that's obviously a bit important. Um, I can deprioritize other things. That's a big one for me. And I think just kind of further finding my place in this community. I've been at, you know, Gay Star Names for about six months now. And I've been establishing myself more and more there. And so I think that's kind of a goal for me this year is just kind of further carve out that space for me um, and increase my list of contacts. And I mean, like you're saying, like, just kind of get out there more in that world, get your name out there more and noticed more so i'm with you on that mm-hmm. uh, i do want to add one thing this is something that i've been trying to like work towards for the past couple of years because i often write about diversity and race in my articles and this is just to become more uh, knowledgeable uh, about my own culture about Vietnam- vietnam and vietnamese culture and like learn vietnamese first of all which is something i've been talking about for a while and something that i need to actually like buckle down with and want to um my and wants to just like try to learn and um my family right now is are working on their own like sort of short stories and biographies which is interestingly sort of inspired by coco um that whole sort of That's uh, awesome it's really nice like especially they actually were wanted to see the movie after they read my article on it and then the movie itself inspired them to start sort of um cataloging their legacy and trying to save it and remember it for future generations and i thought that was really that was a really wonderful thing and i want to become more involved in that and that's really cool my history yeah exactly so it's i will say as um someone my dad is obsessed with family history Mm -hmm. 
like, and has been since I was little, and he still goes to libraries, and he's still doing research. He has, like, books upon books, and all this family history he's done, and it's pretty cool. It is. And I think it's a really fun way to kind of get to know your culture and where you came from, so I applaud you for that. I'm so excited Coco inspired all this. I know. It was it was really exciting for me, too, especially when they were like, yeah, it was because of your article, and I was like, wow. So it's it's really nice when, like, things you write really enact some sort of change like that especially in your own family who like sometimes don't really understand what you do for a living yeah (laughs) but that was a really great moment for me this year I think we should make sure Leon Critch knows this I think we need to definitely I think we need him to notice you (laughs) yeah maybe I should tweet it (laughs) maybe you should speaking of Twitter yeah exactly Um, that's awesome thanks So I think that's a good way to wrap up our discussion about New Year's resolutions. Um, If you guys have any resolutions for the new year about pop culture or otherwise, you can let us know. Before that, let's move on to the last segment of our episode. I really, 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 really like you. But I need to tell you something. So, Anya, what do you really like this week? Since it's only two of us, can I cheat and do two things? All right, I guess. I'm asking your permission. Yeah, all right, fine, you can do it. You are, like, the leader on this. <laughs> Never want to disappoint HT. No, you can go ahead. So, two things. Um, one in the pop culture realm, and that is that I have seen two new movies from 2017 this week that very much excite HT. I saw Call Me By Your Name, which, phenomenal. It is... <sighs> It, I don't even have words. I still don't have words for it because it just It just fills you so up deeply. with this emotion, right? It, that yes. you can't really name. Yes. it. As I predicted, it and Shape of Water are my favorite films. But this is going to be a surprise for HT. I also watched Your Name. <gasps> ah, oh, yeah. I know. I wanted to surprise you with that, so I didn't tell you. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited. Well, what did you think? I loved it. I loved it. I Yeah, I watched it Friday night, and I thought it was beautiful, and it, again, made my heart just sore. It's definitely something that catches you by surprise, too, because the beginning, it kind of starts off as your standard body swap comedy, but then it becomes so much more cerebral. It really, and, I was like, what? Yeah. Where are we going with this? And, <laughs> but it was beautiful. It's so gorgeous, and the animation is stunning. Yeah, and the music. Uh, mm-hmm. I always love the music in these films, and this one did not. It just it made me happy. So that's my pop culture really like, uh, really like catching up on those movies. But one more thing is that you will hear this again from me in the next month or so, I can guarantee you, but the Olympics are coming up. I am a huge Olympics person. I'm obsessed with them. And I've been watching some of the trials, and I was watching the men's figure skating trials this weekend. Um, and one of my favorite skaters, his name is Vincent Joe, and he's just a young 16-year-old, and he made the Olympic team, and I'm so excited that the Olympics are back, that he made it, that we're going to see great athletes and countries coming together, and so I just wanted to gush about the Olympics, because I really love them, and they announced the team this morning, so I've just been really excited so about wait, it. Anya, his name is Vincent Joe? He has two Joe. first... I'm sorry? Joe, Yeah. So he's two first names? I d- <laughs> Listen, 
<laughs> I, I'm, I'm not making up the rules here. That's just what his name is. <laughs> I, I mean, the big the big leader is Nathan Chen. He's kind of the one that's will likely meddle and everything. But I'm hoping Vincent can too. Um, but yeah, I look him up. He's really great. <laughs> He's just a young skater. Are you looking him up now? Maybe I only the only thing I know about the Olympics and skating was there was a um, sort of controversy because the Washington Post covered the girl who didn't get in, and yes. they called her like an all-American skater versus like the other two who were uh, women of color or teenagers of color, I guess. Yeah. And it was a weird, ra- was vaguely racist thing. With the, yeah, yeah, with the women's team, um, but I am just a big fan of the Olympics. I think they're one of the most like positive things that the world has and they make me all excited and happy. Yay. And it comes just in time after Tanya, I Tanya came out too. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Or I guess I, I Tanya was timed very immaculately with the Olympics. (laughs) I feel like that was probably done on purpose. Yeah, probably. All right. So what are you really like? My really like this week, I kind of spoiled it when we were talking about it earlier, but I watched the marvelous Mrs. Maisel And it's a delightful show. It's by uh, Amy Sherman Palladino, who uh, created Gilmore Girls. And it has that same sort of uh, vivacity to it. It's very funny. It's very smart and witty. And it has a really great main actress, Rachel Brosnahan, who um, I I almost didn't recognize from House of Cards. And she's completely different in this show. And and it's just like... extremely charming and um very talented and i like i like the show a lot it's very um it's it deals a lot with like 1950s issues of women's rights and everything like that and the expectations for women but it also gives a very like careful eye to the comedy scene which is something i wasn't very aware of like the stand-up comedy scene and i was reading up a lot on like the influences that it took from like joan rivers and other such stand-up comedians from um the 60s and up so that was really fascinating to me because it did deal into an aspect of pop culture history that i wasn't quite aware of um and i liked it i liked how funny and jewish it was tony shalhoub is hilarious and great in it and um it's it's fun it's only eight episodes long it's on amazon prime i highly recommend it but i won't get too much into it because that will be our first um tv show that our spin-off uh podcast will be dealing with the big binge so that's my sort of preview for it exactly so you guys can all need to check it out it's going to be a great podcast All right. Well, that is our episode. If you guys have any thoughts on pop culture resolutions, movies from 2017, the Olympics, or the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, where can they find us, HT? You're the Willoughby this week. So you can find us at Falcon Podcast on Twitter. We're on the Facebook at the Millennial Falcon Podcast. We have our WordPress, the Millennial Falcon Podcast at WordPress.com. And we are on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play, where you can rate, review, and subscribe to us there. And where can they find you, Anya? You can find me at Anya Crittenton on Twitter. And you can find me at htranbui on Twitter. All right. Thanks for joining us, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.